Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I'm your host, Sean Morgan, stepping in for John Michael Chambers while he takes a health break. And today we have three amazing guests we're going to interview. But first, let's get into the breaking news. So let's show the first image on the screen. Yesterday, we talked about how John McAfee, the guy who founded McAfee Software Antivirus, he's been a real character on social media over the years. And he's been in trouble with the law, running around the world. Lately, he's been sitting in a Spanish jail cell. And yesterday, they found him dead. And so people say it's a suicide. I don't know how they can really say it's a suicide until there's an autopsy. And then, you know, these autopsies, a lot of times it's the deep state that's doing the autopsy, so you can't even trust that. We all know this stuff going back to Jeffrey Epstein. But the interesting thing is that John McAfee posted you know, on his official Instagram account, this one's verified, verified Instagram account, he posted a cue after he died. So someone posted it, obviously, probably not him, uh, but it could have been, I don't know. But this image showing on the screen is showing how an Ethereum developer used the embedded code that was in that image and was able to find a contract address on the blockchain. A lot of people are speculating that Mr. McAfee had a dead man switch and he has some data about the deep state. So just want you to know, don't have anything verified yet, but I'm going to be keeping an eye on the story and keeping you guys updated. Next, we have the HARP in Alaska issued a really interesting warning. There was a notice to airmen known as NOTAM. It was issued by the Federal Aviation Administration on June 17th, with the beginning date of June 21st through June 25th. And they placed temporary flight restrictions around Alaska, the very specific area of Alaska where the HARP facility is. And it reads that planes are restricted from flying in that airspace due to electromagnetic radiation for scientific research. So I've been wondering for a long time, what the heck is HARP doing up there in Alaska? Are they manipulating the weather? You know, they're doing all types of experimentation uh, with the outer edges of our atmosphere. Uh, so whatever experimentation they're doing right now, People are not even allowed to fly airplanes around it. That's how dangerous and weird it could be. So uh, that was an interesting piece of news. I'm going to keep you updated on that one. Next, we're taking a look at the World Health Organization official who says that mask mandates and social distancing should continue forever. You know, this is like the, uh, the deep state really letting the mask slip, so to speak, where they're really showing what they really want to do. And they get these lackeys, these bureaucrats within the system to use these talking points. It's just counterintuitive to any normal person, any type of rational thinking that, of course, we're not going to live in perpetual wearing masks and, and being six feet away from every human being on Earth. That's not possible. That's inhumane. And people won't do it. But this World Health Organization official says that's what he believes we should do. And in a funny contrast to that, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine says that people should not be forced to take the vaccine because the risks aren't known, especially for people under 18. Uh, and those who have already had COVID-19, they shouldn't even take the vaccine. So that's the Daily Mail. And uh, Tucker Carlson did a great interview with this guy. And so he's the leading expert. I mean, he invented the darn technology that these vaccines are using. And he says... 
it's experimental. We don't know the risks. I mean, it's great to hear a scientific voice of reason. Next, we're going to go to uh, a weird person in the scientific world, Bill Gates, but we're not going to talk about his science stuff that he likes to delve into. We're going to talk about how he is the largest landowner in the United States, and he also is a big-time investor in lab-grown meat. So the Gateway Pundit put out an article about how they think that he's you know, gobbling up all of this farmland to try to shut down meat production so the people will buy his fake meat. That's a really interesting theory. Uh, we're gonna keep an eye on how that develops. Next, CNN, and we know how everyone <laughs> at American Media Periscope feels about CNN. Uh, they put out a couple of interesting articles here. The first one is about how Ivanka and Jared are distancing themselves from the former president. And in the article, CNN uh, talks about 12, you know, unverified sources close to the family talking about how they, they don't see each other very often and, uh, and so forth. Uh, so, you know, it's CNN. Who knows if it's true? If it is true, I mean, people in MAGA are not really that fond of Ivanka and Jared anyway, so it wouldn't be that big of a deal. And if it isn't true, it just means that Trump is just as close with his his advisors as ever, and uh, the deep state's not able to interfere with it. So, you know, this one doesn't really matter so much. But I just thought I would contrast that with the next article from CNN, which claims that Donald Trump Jr. is now the top advisor in the Trump family. CNN claims that Don Jr. is the most conservative out of everyone in the Trump family, and that he's having a major influence on Trump, especially regarding the trans agenda with the chemical castration of kids. And so different policy things that uh, Trump is taking a harder stance on now, critical race theory. And so this is a great development, even if it comes from CNN, we don't know whether we can believe it or not. Uh, if it is true that Don Jr. is now a top advisor, that's a welcome thing as far as MAG is concerned. And hey, we all know that Don is probably grooming his son to be a future leader as well. So we'll keep an eye on who actually runs in 2024. So next, we're going to talk about how the GOP is really uh, no, Trump Trump, and what he's trying to do with the GOP. They're really taking a hard stance on this Marxist critical race theory. This is what Steve Bannon is calling the Tea Party to the 10th power. He says that these are regular soccer mom parents around the country, not just Republican. They're also Democrat, and they don't like their kids being taught to be racist against white people, to be guilty about crimes of people from a long time ago. And so this is one of those key issues that Trump and his advisors believe that they can win big in 2022 and all those primary elections, as long as they stay strong on it. So uh, that's an interesting article from Politico. And I think that's welcome for the new America First uh, MAGA movement as well. The last thing I want to talk about is how Rudy Giuliani has been suspended from practicing law in New York State for claiming that there was fraud in the 2020 election. So this is unbelievable. It just shows you how the deep state is in control of certain institutions like the Bar Association and, and certain things. And so, you know, what's really funny is when election fraud is proven through these uh, audits, forensic audits, they're probably going to have to give that legal license back to Rudy Giuliani 
And hopefully he's able to sue people for damages regarding that. So um, this is just one of those things is going to boomerang back and bite them in the butt. Uh, so, you know, it's just a temporary uh, losing the battle, but we're going to win the war because that fraud is going to come out. It's going to be proven by these forensic audits. All right. So that's it for the booze. We are do a great interview after uh, a word from our sponsor. The interview is going to be uh, with attorney Thomas Renz. Fight these mass mandates, vaccine mandates. Look forward to asking him all sorts of questions about this that are going on in the legal world. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Hello, everyone. John Michael Chambers here. I am the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now, the world is changing. On June 28, 2021, the Basel Three rules changed. For the first time, the European Central Bank is pushing the price of gold up because they need to maximize the value of their 10,000 tons of gold they control. What is this about? It's about global monetary dominance. And instead of suppressing the price of gold, they are pushing the price up because they need it to go up. You can take advantage of this paradigm shifting rule change. The team at Sovereign Advisors with decades of experience in analyzing political, economic, and social trends can help you take advantage of what may be the most monumental change in gold in the history of the world. Call my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott over at Sovereign Advisors, 720-605-3900. Tell him John Michael Chambers at American Media Periscope sent you and request a free consultation. Attorney Thomas Renz is the lead attorney in several major cases brought in Ohio, New Mexico, Maine, and nationally against the CDC and the DHHS regarding COVID-19 lockdowns, mask mandates, business closures, false PCR data, fraudulent death numbers, and more. And so he's been censored by YouTube, even though he's just quoting what the CDC is saying. Let's bring ask him what's going on in the legal battles now. Welcome to the show, Tom. It's great to be here. So tell me, what, what's what's going on? What's the latest with your, your legal battles? Well, the biggest one right now is uh, we're challenging the EUAs uh, in federal court down in uh, Alabama. We filed a, a major, major complaint against the EUAs for all of the vaccines. Uh, that That's the case that started out with the TRO against... Uh, against the vaccine in children. We're gonna be reissuing that as a preliminary injunction, but then we're challenging the whole thing and we're suing Fauci, we're suing uh, DHHS, we're suing everybody on this for the just egregious violation of numerous laws in our opinion. So you're talking about, you are suing the vaccine manufacturers and what is the basis of the, the claim? Well, we're actually suing the Department of Health and Human Services. And what we're saying is, is they issued the emergency authorizations for these, these vaccines illegally, which is really clear under the law. I mean, they're supposed to be doing things like a, uh, essentially a cost benefit analysis in terms of the, the danger to people on one side versus the benefit on the other. Well, for t particularly for people under 30, there's really no statistical risk of death from COVID-19. So anything that they uh, approve it for for anyone under 30 is, you know, fails that test. Uh, they're not providing informed consent. 
they're not uh, informing people that they can refuse this. They're, they're just violating all sorts of laws. So we're calling them to task on that. What does the acronym EUA stand for? I, I think I got confused on that one. It's emergency use authorization. So none of these vaccines are actually approved by the FDA. Uh, they're all given what's called an emergency use authorization. And what that means is, you know, if there's a crisis and everybody's dying and, you know, they've got a medicine that, that yeah, could potentially help with it, well, they can issue under certain guidelines this emergency use authorization to allow that medicine to be used without going through the full process, which normally takes many years. In this case, we have a disease that uh, is really not killing many people. Uh, it's only a danger to very small segments of our population. They lied about the, the extent to which it's impacting our population egregiously. And uh, there's really no need for this, this vaccine to be put out there, especially at all, but especially uh, under the guise of an emergency use authorization. Uh, it's it's not tested. There's no long-term test, no test for pregnant women, no test for all sorts of different demographics. Uh, but yet they push it out there to, to experiment on people, and now they're experimenting on children. So, you know, we, we're fighting that whole thing. Right. That's a big thing that's coming out now where the Democrats uh, want to make this mandated, where, where people and kids have to take it to go to school and so forth. It's interesting, Trump came out last week, said he doesn't think the vaccines are for young people. The World Health Organization came out right after that, said they don't recommend it for young people. The inventor of mRNA just came out on Tucker Carlson, says he doesn't think it's for young people. So what are you doing when you're doing these legal claims? Are you using uh, you know, data to back this up? Are you using claim any of these organizations? So everything that we do is supported by uh, medical science. Most of it's supported by CDC data. You know, we use their numbers, their statistics. If you look at our filing, the filing on this case is 113 pages. It's a brutal read. I'll, I'll just tell you guys, it's a brutal read. But you know, it's like an encyclopedia for this. You wanna know the truth about what's happening? Look at it. And if you don't believe me, look at the citations because it's cited to the T. I mean, it is, full of uh, data and information. So, you know, we bring this data together, we put it forth, and then we apply the law towards it. And, uh, you know, then the federal government and the media try and bury what we say because they want to keep jabbing this into people because of all the collusion. Uh, I mean, you know, Fauci's crew is making money off of this. DHHS as a whole is making money off of this. So they want to keep pushing it as far as possible. You know, meanwhile, our politicians, you know, they, they're hoping that it doesn't come out that they funded this. I mean, you know, they're, they're funding this experiment on, on the American population. As people start dying this fall from ADE, which is a, a reaction that occurs to people who've been vaccinated with these mRNA vaccines and then they're re-exposed to the disease in the wild, you know, that's gonna, it could potentially kill a lot of people. I hope I'm wrong about that, but I don't think I am. So, you know, when that happens, they're gonna be, these rats, they're gonna be running for cover. And uh, they're going to try and blame it on a new, more you know, dangerous strain. But it's not a new, more dangerous strain. It's very predictable. We've been talking about it for weeks. Uh, it's just, it's just what happens when you experiment on people with an unsafe vaccine. 
Can people view your complaint on your website? Where can they access this to use as a resource to educate themselves? Yeah, uh, www.renz-law.com. Uh, we, we filed that complaint on behalf of America's Frontline Doctors, so you can check there. Um, I, you know, we work with Make Americans Free again. We work with Ohio Stands Up. We work with all sorts of groups. So um, shouldn't be too hard to find. You just won't be able to find it with a Google search because they're, they're burying us. They're hiding everything we do. Right. So you're going after those two organizations. You also mentioned suing Fauci. Tell me about that. Oh, he's, he's listed in the suit. Uh, absolutely, he's listed in the suit. I mean, he's certainly been a contributor to this, and he's been a contributor to the injuries that the plaintiffs have uh, sustained in this suit. I mean, we got people who are legitimately injured. And, you know, I mean, this guy's been making money off of it. He's been covering it up. He's been pushing this behind the scenes. Uh, there, there is no question that this guy is going to ultimately be very responsible on this. And, uh, I mean, we know what he's done. We know he funded the gain-of-function research here in the U.S. and in China. Uh, he was either the dumbest man on the planet or just grossly negligent. And I don't even know if it's negligence. I think it's intentional. But, I mean, he, yeah, he funded this. He funded the development of this disease. And I believe that they funded it so that they could push this vaccine out. I think that was part of the reason that, the, you know, I think that's part of the plan. We've got a lot of evidence that I hope by the end of this case will come out, uh, you know, to show the extent to which the corruption exists in our government right now. Well, he probably thought he was protected by other powers that be, and yet the Freedom of Information Act requests did allow the American public to get a peek into his emails. And it was just shocking to see the subject line that says, you know, coronavirus bioweapon. Hi, Anthony, this is how we made it. We put a splice of HIV in it and blah, blah, blah. Unbelievable. Check out those emails. Oh, yeah, we've got those. We've certainly gone through those. I mean, listen, this guy, he, he's one of the most corrupt actors in Washington, in my opinion. Um, he's been there since the 80s. He's, he's a nightmare. I mean, he funded gain-of-function research when it was illegal to fund gain-of-function research. I mean, you know, Obama put a moratorium on it. Uh, you know, Obama, yeah, probably not my favorite president. Uh, I think that's fair to say. But, I, I mean, even he knew to put a moratorium on gain-of-function research because there's, it's, it's dangerous. And to do it with China, I mean, really? And then you're going to suggest that you didn't know about this? This guy is such a liar. I, I just... I mean, really? Yeah, I, let's, I can't wait to get to discovery on this. I cannot wait to dig into this because, you know, let's shed the light of truth on what this guy knew. Let's get the unredacted emails. Let's see what he knew and when he knew it. Because I'm going to tell you what, I think that we're going to all be a little bit surprised. Tell me how this legal proceeding plays out. Tell me about the discovery process. Well, what's going to happen is, is that we're, you know, we're filed. Uh, the state is almost certainly going to file what's called a 12B motion. Uh, that does a couple things. First of all, it slows everything down. And second of all, uh, it gives the courts an opportunity to do what the courts seem to love to do right now, which is throw things out. Um, 
the courts have had a real tendency recently to throw everything out that's difficult politically to answer. And, uh, you know, I'm, I believe we have the best legal system in the world. Um, I, I'm honored to be a part of that system, but I'm gonna tell you, I strenuously disagree with what we've been doing. Our courts need to, need to, need to step in when there is a case in controversy and they're trying to apply those, that language, case and controversy, so narrowly that they have the opportunity to, to ignore cases when they really need to be involved. The election cases, for example, I don't care where you fall on the election. I don't care whether you believe there was fraud or not. Here's the thing. Half of America has an issue with this. Why would you throw it out on standing and not hear the evidence? Um, you know, I mean, if nothing else, give give people i mean this is a critical thing and we're going to ignore the the case on something that important to our country because we we're going to dodge it on a standing issue i mean i i just think that that's wrong I, you know and i can't comment on the quality of the filings but i got to be honest i'm of the opinion that our judiciary should when when things are are that important they should step up and and you know do what they were meant to do under the Constitution. So let's say that they don't. Let's say they continue to punt on this. Let's say they throw out your case. What avenues are left? You know, what's the strategy after that? Well, we've done a lot of stuff here, right? So, I mean, we've got a bunch of cases in. And, you know, they really haven't punted too badly for us yet. Now, they've dodged. I mean, right now the courts are, I mean, they're really slow on making decisions. And I'm hoping that will speed up. But I can't say that they've uh, they've punted on anything related to this that we've been involved with. Now I've heard of other cases where they have. Um, you know, there's been some rulings I really didn't like. But you know, that said, I, I can't I can't knock any of the uh, the cases that we've been in too much so far. I mean, we had one that I I didn't care much for, but um, I think that. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We've got a lot of cases filed in a lot of courts that I'm either on or supporting or involved with. And I, we'll see what happens. I feel pretty good about our chances. That said, at the same time, I want to urge the people, our freedoms have been destroyed in the last year and a half. Who would have thought that we could ever be in this position? We have got to take control of our own destinies. You've got to get involved. You've got to get off your butts. You've got to get active. You need to support our, our elected officials that are doing something, all three of them. And you need, to, you need to tell the rest of them, listen, you get on it or you get out. And you need to be active. You need to join these different organizations. Join Make Americans Free Again. Join America's Frontline Doctors. Join you know, your stands up groups. You've got to get involved. You, know, you cannot let some guy like me be the only hope. To fight back on this, there's there's you know six or seven attorneys that I that are on this that I really trust, and there's we're now starting to get some more. We've got some great patriots that are really starting to come around, but comparative uh, comparatively to the to the number of bad guys, it's it's just a thimble. So you've got to get up, you've got to do something yourself and start local, fight local, get your county, your city, your township. Get those people to say, no, we're not going to allow this to happen in our township, our municipality, whatever it is. Fight back. Do not count on someone else to win this for you. I think right up till the last day that Trump was, yeah, I mean, if people were hoping right up till uh, 
you know, Biden took the oath of office that Trump was going to somehow come back and do something magical. Well, you know what? Where were we doing something to help? What did we do? I mean, a lot of people started getting more active during the Trump years, but it's not enough. It's not enough. We have got to take a stand. We've got too many rhinos. We've got too many leftists. We, we back down. We don't fight back. We've got to take a stand. We've got to do it peaceably. We've got to do it properly, but we've got to take a stand. So, you know, that's, my, that's the other thing I'm trying to do. That's why I'm here, right? Because I need to educate people so that they can take a stand. So we've got, you know, Sydney Powell defending the Republic.org. We've got Lynn Wood with fightback.law. Uh, all the great work that you're doing. Are there any other reasons the patriots around the country can, you know, let's say they're willing to pay a lawyer, or they're they're willing to donate or be a part of this legal battle. What organizations might you want to mention here as we wrap up? Like I said, I, I mean, right now we've got renstashlaw.com and you can always check there to see what I'm doing. But I, I work right now primarily with America's Frontline Doctors, Make Americans Free Again, and Ohio Stands Up. I support a lot of other Stands Up groups through the MAFA network, um, but support them, help us. Uh, you know, I mean, we've had a lot of good friends and partners. You guys have been wonderful. We love American Media Periscope. Uh, you guys are great. Um, Clay Clark has been incredible. You know, we got to support him. I mean, we've got a lot of groups, and we got to support the the smaller. Uh, podcaster types of conservatives, because these guys are the only reason that the message is getting out. You know, uh, flyover conservatives, um, oh, there's so many of them. There's so many good ones. Uh, the MAG Institute, uh, there's there's so many of these guys, and we got to support each other. We got to come together because this media is the only media that's telling the truth. So watch American Periscope, participate in these other groups, watch them, pay attention because. Uh, well, Lindell show. I mean, uh, we we love we love Steve Bannon. I mean, that guy's a great guy. You guys are heroes because you're getting the word out. So please, I urge people to support you uh, and what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. It's all patriots working together. All the different skill sets. You've got that legal mind and ability and. God bless you for using it in this fight because there are so few that are willing to do it. Um, so you mentioned your website. Uh, people can go there, find out what you're up to, stay updated, and hopefully we'll see you back on the show real soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, we're going to go to commercial break and come back to interview James Grunvig. Hello, everyone. John Michael Chambers here. I am the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now the world is changing. On June 28, 2021, the Basel Three rules changed. For the first time, the European Central Bank is pushing the price of gold up because they need to maximize the value of their 10,000 tons of gold they control. What is this about? It's about global monetary dominance. And instead of suppressing the price of gold, they are pushing the price up because they need it to go up. You can take advantage of this paradigm shifting rule change. The team at Sovereign Advisors with decades of experience in analyzing political, economic, and social trends can help you take advantage of what may be the most monumental change in gold in the history of the world. 
Call my good friend, Dr. Kirk Elliott over at Sovereign Advisors, 720-605-3900. Tell him John Michael Chambers at American Media Periscope sent you and request a free consultation. We got it. Well, James, star of American Media Periscope nowadays. I can't wait to talk to Jim about all the things you're working on. You've got lots of different shows going and you have a lot you want to dig into. So let's get right to it. Welcome. Sean, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. To tell me, you know, which days of the week are you on shows? You got a lot now, right? Yeah, so the, the, I've got two shows now. Uh, launched uh, Hardline about a month ago. And uh, those are that's on Thursday nights, right? Or Thursday afternoons at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. So it was a show on light scalar energy and remote healing. So that's one thing. And next Thursday... I have Richard Gage, AIA. He's the founder of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. And with him, there's 3,500 architects and engineers from around the world that basically have come to the obvious conclusion, physics doesn't lie, that the Twin Towers and Seven World Trade Center were clearly a demolition, ex, you know, implosions that the, it was created by the deep state. And you are a 9-11 truther. You've studied this a lot. And now we've got this interesting thing going on in Miami. Uh, this certainly yeah. looked like a demolition to me. I mean, I saw the lights flashing. Um, let's let's get into that, unless you want to tell people about your other program first. No, no, no. Let's, we can talk about Freedom Friday at the end of my segment. Um, so I have 35 years of construction manager experience. I, I will tell you, when I was in college, I spent two summers in Norway uh, building the world's largest oil rig, part of a slip form, gravity-based structure, which is basically 24 storage cells that would sit in the bottom of the North Sea with four, with four riser shafts that go up 1,200 feet in the platform being on the top. That was a second-generation platform. I worked deep foundations on all the tall buildings in Philadelphia in the mid-1980s. One Liberty Place, uh, 2020 Market, so on and so forth. I worked 10 years of highway construction. I know a lot about construction. I worked at three major projects in New York City, Baruch College, Burton Campus, a 25th and Lex, from which I saw 9-11 take place. I worked at a JFK airport, American Airlines terminal after 9-11, and I worked at the New York City's, New York State's first lead gold building. I know a great deal. So what's interesting in interviewing Richard Gage on Freedom Friday a couple weeks ago was Building 7, 7 World Trade Center, is 47 stories high, and it fell literally in seven seconds. Complete, total freefall. The 12-story structure in Miami, we're going to take a look at a video in a second, fell in 20 seconds in a pancake freefall. So that's only 12 stories versus 47 stories. So the, the taller building falls in one-third the time. So that was clear demolition. This might not be demolition, but it certainly shot a construction, if nothing else. And it, the timing of it, DeSantis and the deep state, could be a warning. Let's go to the video. Now that second tower, the last tower certainly looks like either lower columns completely failed and it fell over or is demolition. See it again. 
the part that gets flashing lights, uh, something you noticed, James? Yeah. So, so here's the interesting thing. There's, there's apparently still people alive in the rubble, or 50, 51 people unaccounted for, according to the Wall Street Journal, right? And this was 2 o'clock this afternoon. Was, uh, one dead, 37 pulled out of the rubble, 55 condo units impacted or destroyed. This, this structure was built in 1981. It was going through a renovation, a, a 40-year uh, recertification, I guess, which one is, is either Florida or Miami for this kind of structure, and had a lot of concrete work. And that's a concrete slab, concrete column. So, yeah, but it is interesting. The timing of it is very suspicious. The collapse of the last tower looked like free fall, for sure. And the question becomes, after the search and rescue is over with, what are they going to do with the, are they going to make, are they going to get rid of the evidence or the actually going to turn this into a crime scene and, and leave everything in place and then go through the rubble and actually forensically find out what happens there. Because what happened at Seven World Trade Center, the CIA blocked off NYPD, F, you know, the fire department from investigating Seven World Trade Center. And even when they went out to the landfill, the one, one and two World Trade Center, I've talked to a lot of New York City officers who were out there going through the rubble, looking for fingers, body parts, uh, passports, things like that. Look, you know, there's a crime scene, right, out in landfill. Well, guess what? Several World Trade Center was a separate part of the Fresh Kills landfill in Staten Island. And not, not a single New York state or local official was allowed to, it was all federal, they cordoned off, it was all involved by the CIA. And that should tell you everything you should need, you know, need to know. So what's yeah, going to happen in Miami? Go ahead. Well, when I see buildings come down like this, uh, and, and the one in, in Beirut, the Beirut explosion that was supposedly fireworks, I mean, the cover stories for these things are getting lamer and lamer. We, what we've got is an unrestricted warfare going on. You know, we've got, uh, you know, these yep. cyber attacks to our pipeline, the meat industry. Uh, we, we've got all types of attacks going on. And to just assume that everything is some kind of accident is just really naive at this point. I completely agree with you, but it, it's really, it's like, what is going to be behavior of the forensic is going to tell me a lot, whether, whether they're going to treat this actually like a construction failure, or are they going to sit there and try to like get rid of some of the evidence, right? Like selling the, the, the 9-11 uh, steel towers to China, right? You know, and shipping that right away. If you start seeing that activity and you start preventing local officials you know, I'm talking about the, 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 the you know, civil engineers and architects from going in and actually doing their research. Then we've got our answer. It is a deep right. state false flag, right? That, that's going to tell me a lot. Yeah. I'm very interested to find out who was in that building and who died and who disappeared. Because with some of these airline so-called accidents, uh, it's very interesting to see sometimes, like in Poland, you might find the president of Poland died in one of these accidents, or it could be a whole bunch of uh, medical scientists and experts that ends up dying mm -hmm. in these accidents. And this one, I'm told, was five condos down from where Ivanka bought her new condo in Miami. So that could be an interesting w warning shot, so to speak, as well. Yeah, no, no question about it. So I want to switch gears and go into covid I mean, how can we not talk about COVID? It's interrupted our lives for the last year and a half. So we got this thing called a Delta variant. This is the uh, Indian variant. 
Lo and behold, the World Health Organization did what at the end of March? They signed, they had a pandemic treaty. They knew this was going on forever. Well, isn't that interesting? And they decided instead of calling it COVID-19 and COVID-2021, whatever, they said, let's use the Greek alphabet. So sure enough, they have alpha variant before it even showed up in the UK, beta in South Africa, delta in India, gamma in Brazil. They got six other variants of interest, they call it. The first four of concern, not interest, right? And the United States has iota as the variant and theta as the variant in the Philippines. Whatever is what I got to say. I think it's a bunch of marketing propaganda, right? And basically, this is nothing more than the flu. And yet we have Anthony Fauci, who Peter Daszak, who you talked about earlier, he is the Anthony Fauci of Europe. He's the Anthony Fauci of the World Health Organization. And he is as deep in bed with communist China health as Anthony Fauci. Those two are twin criminals, in my opinion. They clearly are not good people. And Daszak last year tried to you know, quiet the fire on conspiracy theory that, oh, gee, look, the virus came from a lab. No, it came from a wet market, right? Well, the reality is it didn't come from a bat cave any more than, than bin Laden ran 9-11 demolition experts out of, out of a cave in Af Afghanistan. So these false flags are, are crystal clear and obvious to me. Right, and and he was supposed to be on the investigation to to research the origins, uh, but he was luckily yeah. removed uh, last week. Well, he had to be removed because he is part of it. You know, him and Fauci. Are yeah, both he funded part it. Of, oh, totally. <laughs> they both funded it, right? And, they, and there were other funding, and there's still this one point five billion dollars of Zika money for a vaccine that got maybe made the first quarter that was pulled the plug. What happened to all that money? Is that what Fauci used to, to go, to go uh, you know, gain a function research over in Southeast Asia and China? I think it's a good possibility. Do you want to run the next clip about the Delta variant? Oh, yeah, this is a really good clip. Now, what the narrator says is true. It's not an estimate. It's not modeling. It's hard data. Producer, clip number two. Okay. Actually, uh, they're not able to show it now. So let's let's come back to that and talk a little bit more about the, the fall of gain-of-function Fauci. Yeah, so, so fall of gain-of-function Fauci. Do you have image number one, producer? Um, they need okay. some we'll time on. on that one. But anyways, Fauci being, you know, his entire street cred has been destroyed, right? What was great is what happened in May. You had Bill and Melinda Gates uh, get divorced, file for divorce on Monday, the 3rd of May, right? The first Monday. That same Friday, what happened? The Wall Street Journal read pills for the first time in a year, the truth about Fauci linking him to the, to the Wuhan lab and the, the man-made virus. That is what they did, right? News Corp's, Sky News, Fox News. New York Post, all owned by News Corp, have all been red-pilling ever since about Fauci, linking him to the lab-made virus, right? This is what they did. But even better is when Senator Ron Johnson and Rand Paul did what? They, they grilled Fauci in the Senate on all of this, and and, but they did it not under oath. Why? They know Fauci is the smartest guy on the planet, smartest guy in the room, 
and he loves himself, and he's going to talk because he's smart in every belt, everyone else. And that's all he did for two weeks, right? Super smart. I'm the best. Oh, what happens after Memorial Day? You had the Washington Post drop 3,200 pages of Fauci emails, and then you had Dell Bigtree from the High Wire, who works with Bobby Kennedy Jr. He drops another 2,900 pages of Fauci emails. Different trope. So in back-to-back days, he has 6,000 pages of Fauci emails, basically showing he's a total liar, a fraud, completely contradict everything he said in the Senate. Now the House wants to bring him back, this time under oath. How many times is Fauci going to plead the fifth or not answer a question directly? I'm going to say at least two or three dozen times because he basically hang himself with, with professional liability because he's already exposed himself. Now that they got his testimony on video, now they got 6,000 pages of emails. It's going to be amazing. When you put it that way with a timeline where they question him under oath and then they release the damaging email from the Freedom of Information Act request, it makes it seem like a white hat setup, you know, that there was there was some coordination going on between those politicians and the News Corp. What do you think? Totally agree. It is clearly the CIA is no longer writing the scripts or stories inside News Corp. That, that's my opinion. I don't see it anymore. I see the military white hats writing a script. You, you go ahead and do, you know, you publish 95% of your stuff, but every now and then, I want you to focus on Fauci. I want you to focus on this. I want you to focus on that. Because now the red pills are coming through News Corp. And eventually, when the truth comes out like this, it's going to force other CNN, ABC News, NBC News. It's going to force them to either red pill as well or completely get their ratings destroyed. Because the truth's coming out. Once the truth's coming out, the people will go to the truth. Yeah, it's amazing to see what Tucker Carlson has been doing, he's been more radical than I've ever seen him before. Uh, so mm-hmm. he's he doesn't have a leash on, apparently, and that's a great thing. Um, but Fauci, if he just pleads the fifth over and over again, that looks really bad. You know, they're going to have that videotape. They're going to play it all over social yeah. media. about how They ask him direct questions and he refuses to answer it. He loses more credibility that way, don't you think? Totally. That is the, the ultimate setup. He's He's in... He's going to be arrested, in my opinion. In fact, there was a Miami highway sign yet last night that the Gateway uh, Pundit had, a, you know, got a picture of and published an article on it today that basically says arrest Fauci. Well, I think someone in the high, Highway Administration in Miami's got a sense of humor, or actually is is very red pilled and understand what's coming next. Fauci will be arrested. Yeah, All right, great. Let's start well, off we've with got the, the video and image ready. Let's start off with the video, please. Okay, guys, crucial update on this variant thing. And you'll see there's a link to download this short video below. Please share it so people understand it. So Delta variant, is it different from the Indian variant? Everyone's confused. Well, actually, the Delta variant is the Indian variant. It was just rebadged. So everyone needs to understand that. Now, this report just came out from Public Health England, and it explains everything. Here's the data on the variants. And we see the purple here is the Delta or Indian variant. And we see from early April, it has absolutely dominated all the cases in the UK. So it was 10% already in mid-April. It was 50% of the cases in early May and 75% by mid-May. And now it's pretty much nearly all of them, 90%. So if this is a problematic, dangerous variant, 
it would already have caused in the past month or two enormous impacts, right? Well, let's look. Here's government data just taken. Goes right up to 17th of June. You can look it up. This is all government data. And you can see the hospitalization impact. We'll add in a green trend line. We're going to use this in a moment and we'll superimpose it over the variant graph. So back to our variant graph, purple is the Delta or Indian variant, and it's obviously taken over over the past couple of months in the UK. And we'll add in our hospitalization, real world impact of SARS-CoV-2. And here's the line. And you'll notice that as this variant took over completely over a couple of months, effectively nothing happened, the real world impact or hospitalizations. And this is clear as day. And be under no mistake, guys, this is not a projection, it's not modeling, it's not hypothesizing, it's not estimating. This is a de facto proof, an empirical proof, that the variant doesn't add up to anything much at all in terms of real world impact. So there you go, now you know. So deadly variants or political scariants, which is it? Well, it ain't deadly variants, we know that. We have proof of that now. So it's political scariants. And all this stuff you saw to take away your freedoms, well, that was political scariant mongering. And I remind you, we now have real world proof that that is the case. Not projecting, not modeling, not hypothesizing. So there you go. You can tell all your friends, download the video below and get it around there so people have a clue what's going on. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and also to hit that little bell icon to make sure you're informed and get to counter some of the. It's amazing when someone just shows the facts and it takes away all of that fear when you have rationality. The term that's coming to my mind is murder hornets. The way they name these things for fear pornography purposes. What do you think? Oh, I completely agree with you. 110%. You know, the, the, the people have become numb, especially the people that are awake and other people that are starting to wake up. They're like completely numb of this nonsense, right? You promised us three weeks and uh, we'll reopen, right? You got to crush the curve, flatten the curve. Every month, it was something new. Every month, the messengers, the propaganda, right? The CIA, the rights the script for propaganda, right? The CDC, the NIH, the World Health Organization all been pumping fear nonstop for a year and a half and people are fed up with it and now their own data shows the deadly variant the delta variant is nothing more than the sniffles it has no no real world impact on anything well that's very comforting so <laughs> thanks for letting us know that we can all rest easy tonight uh is there any other images or things you want to discuss yeah yeah i just want to just Go back and pound sand on, on Fauci since uh, he my, he's my favorite. He's public enemy number one. He leapfrogged over Gates. Don't worry, Gates will come back as public enemy number one. But for now, Fauci is. Image uh, on Fauci, please. So this is a little meme I put together. This is actually Fauci a couple of days ago at the NIH giving a presser saying that, that Delta variant is the greatest threat to the efforts to eliminate COVID. First of all, you, you do not eliminate viruses. Never happened in 100 million years. So this is, again, more political theater from Fauci. And this is after his entire street cred has been smoked, buried, and whatever. And of course, I made fun of him. So I'll re read what's on his mind. Oh my God, 6,000 pages of emails. COVID con exposed. Lost my street cred. No one listens to me anymore. Sigh, right? 
And now what's going to happen? The House panel to call Fauci as witness and COVID origin probe. COVID origin. I'll just call it the Fauci virus probe. So that's basically what they're going to look at. Sean? Yeah, you know, it's really funny when you have Congress people with medical degrees grilling this guy. He doesn't look like the the demigod that he makes himself out to be. And so he's coming, he's falling. You know, I just call it the fall of Fauci. And it's great yep. to see these people who are put up there as these authoritative figureheads and to see them how quick and how hard they fall when the truth comes out. These Freedom of Information Act request emails just show it all. I mean, subject lines that say, hey, Anthony, coronavirus bioweapon, here's how we made it with, a, uh, you know, cutting up a little bit of HIV and inserting it in there. It's just unbelievable. It shows everything. People need to read those emails and figure it out for themselves. Um, so thank you for doing all the hard-hitting news that you're doing on this medical tyranny. Um, tell us about your show on Friday. So Freedom Friday, I got uh, two interesting shows. Tomorrow, Friday night, five, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern time, I have off-grid living. I have Californians, one fled to the northern part of the state away from the Bay Area. An entire family picked up and left, went to Arizona in February of 2020. They saw the writing on the wall with the economic collapse. They didn't trust California Newsom. They got out before the lockdowns happened. They bought 40 acres of ranch land, and they're going to tell how they're rebuilding their lives, cutting off from the hamster wheel of government tyranny. Sounds awesome. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, you've been doing an amazing job when you were a co-host here on MSOM, and now you've got your two shows. You're doing that hard-hitting uh, work that you do. And so I hope that people watch your show and, and check it out. Do you, you want to also tell them about your website? Yeah, well, my website is very straightforward. It's my name, jamesgrunvig.com. You can find my books there and stuff. I haven't updated a lot of information lately. Why? Because I spent the last month getting ready to move to Florida, purging, decluttering, donating. But I'm ready to come on Monday. Nice. Awesome. Well, great to see you, James. Thanks for the update, and we hope to have you on very soon. Great. Thank you, Sean. Take care. Thanks. Hello, Next, everyone. we're going to have Alexander Chambers, the creator and founder of American Media Periscope. Now, did you know that annuities are a great way to protect a portion of your retirement portfolio from downside risk? And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they are probate free and can provide an income you can't outlive. Let a company you can trust help you select an annuity that's right for you. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's 844-USA-2024. Tell them John Michael Chambers sent you. All right, we're back with Alexandra Bruce from ForbiddenKnowledgeTV.net. She always gives us some great analysis. So let's welcome Alexandra to the show. Hello, John. Today? I'm good. Uh, there's just so much news. I don't know what to cover. Are you in Sao Paulo? Not at the moment. I, I do usually live. I usually live down in Sao Paulo, but I'm in uh, I'm in Pennsylvania right now. Oh, that's interesting. I, I lived in Sao Paulo for five years during high school, and I'm half Brazilian, so. That's, uh, that's fun. Very cool. Yeah. So uh, there's so much going yeah. on. It's... 
I guess you you also thought it was really interesting that uh, uh, Mr. McAfee uh, was maybe suicided and releasing these cryptic uh, posts on social media, and he might have had a dead man switch. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on that? Well, I just, uh, you know, there's a lot of rumors about that, but what's interesting is that within minutes of his death being officially announced, uh, his Instagram account posted um, this image. If I could get image number one, please. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so we don't know who posted that. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't him unless it was him. You know, there are rumors that he is dead. In other words, he's not dead. Um, you know, there are people were posting images of there was a military plane that left from Spain, a U.S. military plane left from uh, Madrid, like within, you know, an hour or so of that announcement. So it's just, I don't know, the rumors, the rumors are rife. I just thought that was interesting, uh, this, this singular letter Q. But that's, that's not really news. This incredible bombshell series of um, videos that were posted by the Stu Peters show yesterday. And I don't know if you saw this, but back in January, um, Lynn Wood posted a, a witness testimony about, um, you know, from somebody who knew some background on Chief Justice Roberts and uh, Mike Pence, claiming that they're both uh, gay pedophiles and that even Justice Roberts is even worse. He was uh, trafficking his own children, who he had illegally adopted from through Jeffrey Epstein and then began to pimp out his children, his, his toddlers in compromise operations. It, you know, just shocking, shocking stuff. So just to refresh some people's memory, we have image number two of uh, what that bad like his images. He, he hasn't um, revealed his physical appearance yet. He's going to launch his run for the Maryland Senate in November. So I guess we'll find out what he looks like then. Anyway, in this series of... Uh, bombshell uh, interviews that he did with Stu Peters. Um, basically, you know, this is the guy who I recognized um, as the person who came forward on the second anniversary of the Seth Rich murder. And uh, because I recognized the story about Rod Rosenstein, why Rod Rosenstein? You know, everything he talks about is Rod Rosenstein because he was an expert witness for Rod Rosenstein in many, many cases. And he's actually a biomolecular doctor who knows all about what's going on with the virus as well. And that's more is gonna come out from him about that. But uh, basically he was saying that Rod Rosenstein had ordered the hit on Seth Rich. And, uh, and this was uh, back in July, 2018, and it was the height of the Mueller investigation. And, you know, it just didn't fit anybody's uh, narrative at the time to be um, implicating Rob Rosenstein, who I think a lot of uh, Trump supporters thought was a good guy back then. You know, it just didn't fit anyone's narrative to talk about Rod Rosenstein with Seth Rich, so it just kind of went over everyone's head. But um, here's some of the, I've only seen two of the videos so far, but here are the videos, uh, the revelations that he made so far. And that is that Mike Pence is a pedophile. And uh, Mike Pence is a pedophile, and he looks forward to uh, Pence's upcoming presidential run because uh, a boy named Jeremy 
and Pence raped six years ago when the boy was only 14 will be coming forward as soon as Mike Pence throws his hat in the ring officially. So and he will be a stage manager. It also states categorically that the Capitol riot was orchestrated by Pelosi and with a lot of help with the FBI. And she explains that the reason why the FBI building is boarded up is that they want to promote this idea that they are in danger of being attacked by white terrorists who, and they want to portray that themselves, I'm talking about the FBI, as victims of, of white terrorism. So that's why you know, you've heard and you've seen probably videos of the FBI headquarters being boarded up. And that's the reason why it's because of all the evil white terrorists up there. And uh, he also says that uh, Pelosi cheated in the 2018 election and is not the legitimate Speaker of the House. And when asked if everyone in D.C. knew all of this, uh, McGreevy says that everybody knows that Nancy is illegitimate, that Pence and Roberts are pedophiles. And that's why, you know, that's the way that everyone wants it in uh, D.C. because the currency of D.C. is compromise. Everybody there is controlled. And, you know, by the evidence of their own disgusting behavior, everyone's disgusting and or they have stuff they can function in D.C. That's how you function in D.C. is by being disgusting. So he says um, that the Democrats didn't expect to pull off the election fraud. And remember, that's why they barricaded D.C. with the, with the National Guard and everything. They really expected um, that Trump would not leave. They, they, uh, he saw the hotels were booked with Antifa for, for several months, you know, expecting an Occupy uh, White House seat for months on end. And they couldn't believe it when Trump actually left. And they were stunned that the Patriots didn't take to the streets and shut down the country, you know, in, in their outrage, because they, they expected uh, Patriots to act like them, and they didn't. And uh, here's part of the interview where he explains why Trump stepped down, despite the obvious... Uh, you know, election theft. Video number one, please. We are joined live by Dr. Jonathan McGreevy here. You know him on Twitter as at John here to help. I'm looking at an article right here. Uh, the headline says Pelosi names D.C. National Guard Commander Major General William Walker to be House Sergeant at Arms. Dr. McGreevy, this was a reward for his participation, for providing the communication, for uh, not honoring the request of President Donald J. Trump to activate the military, uh, to allow for this so-called insurrection and ultimately the execution of Ashley Babbitt to continue. Is that what I'm reading into this? That's correct. Why did Trump leave the White House? Because he's an honorable man, and he was not going to maintain it by violence. The Democrats had planned for him not leaving. They had planned for months-long uh, you know, um, protests around. They were going to encircle the White House. That was easy to verify. There were hotels all around booked solid because of that were canceled when he left. There, you know, there, there are Occupy White House or, you know, uh, OWC type stuff that, you know, dot coms that, that the domains were purchased. They were ready for this. And when he did leave the White House, it was not right. He did not lose. He shouldn't have. And I didn't want him to. I know many people didn't. But he did it to prevent violence, to save lives and to fight it in a legitimate court system. That's corrupt as it is. But he did it. 
the best possible, least damaging way possible. Didn't want him to, but they did. To you named. So it was uh, Trump stepped down to avoid all the siege and this violence that would have uh, happened uh, had he, you know, dug in. So, I mean, it's hard. It's hard for everyone that he stepped down. I mean, a lot of people are disappointed, but uh, I guess it, more violence would have resulted had he stood his ground in that uh, case. So uh, McGreevy goes on to say that Pelosi was the one who actually called in the orders to get someone to be sacrificed at the Capitol. And in the video, um, you can actually see the shooter responding to orders. You know, he goes back and forth shooter several times and you can see that he's responding to orders from Pelosi's people in his earpiece and um, I've seen the slowed down footage that shows us but I can't couldn't find it for for our segment right now so sorry I can't show that to you but uh, if somebody can maybe they can uh, let me know anyway um, he says that the shooter could not use the normal communication systems because of the, all of the FBI that were there and um, the journalists listening on the uh, Capitol Police scanners. So they were using military encrypted communications, which were provided by somebody who he says hated Trump and who was rewarded for providing these communications, and that this person is Major General William Walker. Image number two, please. Three. Or not. So walk oh. Well, U.S. FDA regulatory guidance and vaccines, and there have been modern vaccines. You don't have to pick the old ones. I mean, we've had modern vaccines, shingles vaccines, hepatitis B, meningococcal vaccines, demand a minimum of two years of safety data, two years by regulatory. In fact, these are kind of written and codified into the regulatory. Um, I guess she was looking for the image of the general there. Uh, actually, they don't have it available right now. So, uh, but but uh, you you mentioned his name. People can do a Google image search if they want to see what he looks right. like. So Walker was the commander yeah. of the National Guard in D.C. And afterwards, Pelosi promoted him to be the Sergeant at Arms of the U.S. House of Representatives, the one who welcomes Biden. Wants to see the union. In fact, he that at that time in April. In this in this interview, McGreevy addressed directly and asks him to stand up and defend our country and to come forward and to get on the right side of the truth because he then warns the general that it would be in his best interest as all of his communications have been archived for over a year. He says that Walker is a direct connection to what happened on January 6th and how fake it is and how answers Pelosi. And uh, she didn't want the FBI running the operation in her house, even though they did help a great deal outside uh, you know, organizing the stuff outside. So um, she used Walker's military encrypted communication. And Uribe uh, says that Walker doesn't realize the position he's in. He's not safe. He's not a co-conspirator like her. He's a knot that is easily untied, as he put it. And if things get too close to Pelosi, it's he's going to be the weak link, and he's the one who's going to get thrown under the bus. So. Um, and as for the police officer who shot Babbitt, his identity, the reason why his identity is being hidden is because an investigation would reveal 
these encrypted military communications that Walker provided. So it's head spinning stuff, and I've only seen half of this interview. And um, Stu Peter, incredible work. Uh, here is a story actually that I wanted to share with you last week about how magnetism is intentionally added to vaccine force mRNA throughout the whole body. And, uh, you know, we've all seen the footage of the magnetic effects associated with the COVID injections. Well, um, health economist, Dr. Jane Ruby, who has spent more than 20 years in the pharmaceutical field as a researcher, uh, was on the Stu Peters show last week to explain why we're seeing the magnetic effects, like the people sticking, you know, keys to their forehead and stuff. And uh, she explains that manipulative magnetic nanoparticles were deliberately added to the shots because it's a more aggressive delivery mechanism to get the mRNA in into every cell of the body. And it's a process uh, that's called magnetofection. And they're using uh, these magnetic fields through different chemicals to actually concentrate the mRNA into people's cells. Um, she says, we're going to hear more about spions, which stands for super paramagnetic iron oxide nanoparticles, and uh, where they're putting this uh, magnetic field technology in and around the lipid nanoparticle envelope to get the mRNA into your cells. And if, uh, if we have it, it would be the video of Dr. Ruby. That's not it. Well, U.S. FDA regulatory guidance and Don't play that. So we don't have. Yes, we don't have that. So, one. but uh, you said it's on the Stu Peters show, right? It's on the Stu Peter. Yes, yeah, so I find his stuff on um, Rumble, so, or it's actually on. Uh, it was on Brighton too. It's probably everywhere. So yeah, the last week's stuff I found on Brighton. The recent stuff I found on Rumble. So he's probably, you know, on all the non-YouTube platforms that are out there. Rumble, BitChute, uh, Brighton, etc. So oh, these these anyway, pictures so and videos of people putting magnets and metal things on their body and them sticking have been going viral. And people are really wondering, is this legit? Is this real? I haven't, you know, tried this with anyone that I know who's vaccinated yet, but there's certainly just a sheer, the sheer number of these are making me think that this is a, a real phenomenon. And the fact that a lot of people who are, have been researching vaccines for a long time have been suspicious of nanotechnology. So this might be, uh, as you mentioned, one of the ways that this magnetism could be taking place, the nanotech. Well, that's what she's saying. She's, uh, she's a real person. She's not um, like just somebody off the street that she's saying that this is what she believes, has every reason to believe is going on, is that this is actually the technology that's being used to make that happen. These videos are real. There are now probably tens of thousands of them uploaded to all the platforms at this point. And now it's even moving to even things that are stranger. They're finding the same kind of magnetic stuff, you know, phenomena in meat that you will go to the grocery store and or bring it home and magnets stick. So people are wondering, are they, are they putting this stuff in the meat too? We know that they don't want us to eat meat, <laughs> so they're getting trying to get us to not eat it. So I don't know. But there's exactly another reason to go was, to a, a, lo a local farmer instead of to some kind of corporate store. Um, yeah, that's that's scary, and, and that would be one of the ways the deep state tries to infect us is through this 
uh, our nutrition and our water supply and everything. So it's it's really a good time to be a prepper, to uh, you know be independent with your water source and and, and your food sources. Um, I want to go back to this whole idea uh, that you mentioned about how there was an anticipation that Trump wouldn't leave. And that was the reason for the military buildup and the barricading and everything. And I've never really understood why there was that military buildup. And now that does make a lot of sense. And so, you know, we don't have a definitive answer or proof on that, but just by reverse engineering things, uh, that is a very interesting theory. I do know this John here to help guy. He's been, uh, you know, on social media for a little while. Uh, he was interviewed by Red Pill 78 last year, and he was an anonymous scientist who was kind of blowing the whistle about uh, this advanced sound technology. And that interview, that interview seems to be, uh, you know, scrubbed. I can't find that one anymore. Uh, but he was kind of a weird guy in that interview, and I didn't know what to think of him. It made me actually it made me think that he was a psychological operative uh, more than anything else. And now that he's connected with Lynn Wood, um, that's interesting. It makes me wonder: is he a source for Lynn Wood? Is Lynn Wood uh, like acting as a vector to make like amplify uh, what he's putting out there, or is Lynn Wood yes. maybe being being taken advantage of, and he's an unverified source? I, I don't know the answer to that yet, but I guess. Time will tell on that one. Well, I think that Lynn paid for that video testimony and he uh, paid for the transcript and it was entered into a case that Lynn Wood is filing. So Lynn is using John here to help's evidence in his case. And Lynn Wood is not a slouch as far as uh, being a successful, maybe the most successful defamation lawyer in America or the world. So um, I think he trusts him from... I've been watching him for maybe a year and a half and um, everything tells me like that his information is good. I mean, why is he hiding? His information is, it's over the top a lot of the time, but maybe that's just, um, you know, maybe our reality is over the top at the moment. I think it doesn't take a lot to see that our reality is pretty crazy right now. So, I mean, you know, the stuff that's driving the craziness that we see might be even crazier behind the scenes. And that's uh, definitely the implication uh, of, that you get from listening to him. Um, well, I can't so what he runs for gonna... Senate because he's probably going to be, you know, saying what he has to say with a megaphone at that point. Yeah. Well, see, there's another thing, you know, his voice is very, inter you know, I've looked and, you know, been following him for a while and his background is basically that he's had a security clearance, uh, almost since he was an adolescent. I mean, he's been working, he was a, a math genius as a child and he was in cryptology. He moved into this molecular biology thing and uh, he's been an expert witness uh, for the federal government, especially in the Baltimore, Maryland, while Rod Rosenstein was the uh, you know, US attorney there. So, you know, he's, uh, he was in the military also. He, he presents himself as, a patriot and incredibly intelligent, but what he does have that I find interesting is that uh, he has this sort of interesting uh, Baltimore or Maryland accent where it's very hard, like I transcribed quite a bit of what he said, and it's very difficult to do. It's hard to, he doesn't enunciate, uh, he's not like a public speaker, let's put it that way. So I don't know if that's going to help him with his, his public run, but uh, 
So it's hard, you know, he sort of swallows his words. And, you know, this is someone who's been a secret guy like his whole life. And he's kind of mumbles and doesn't really articulate. And so that it comes off a little weird when you listen to him, you know, it maybe doesn't sound very credible because of just the, his manner of speech, you know. Um, so that could have also colored your impression of him. You know, it's, I think it's just kind of the, the Baltimore accent thing happening with him. I'm not sure. No, to me, to uh, me, we need more politics. We need more politicians that are, are less polished and manicured and, and, uh, and so forth. We need more regular people. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, so you're, you're also covering the January 6th hoax. Let me hear about that. Well, that's the, everything I just covered. It was this, uh, this, the bombshells that he released were that, uh, this uh, general, who's now the sergeant at arms of, of the Capitol, of, of the House of Representatives, was promoted to that job after having been the commander of the National Guard in D.C. He was promoted by um, Pelosi as the first you know, commander of, of the, the sergeant at arms of the Capitol. So, um, you know, and you can see you can look that up all over the place. Uh, that's well, you know, we, we might have that lost. image number four. We, we could show that on the screen if we, if it's available. That would be uh, General uh, William Walker. I have it. Um, meanwhile, um, last week there was another big bombshell again regarding Michael Pence. Okay, yeah, this is the guy. Okay, that this is the guy who was, um, this was an outgrowth of uh, Darren Beatty's investigation on Revolver that came out on Revolver.com. It was bombshell last week. So stuff I wanted to cover last week with you guys was uh, that there's evidence that the ranks of the three primary militia groups labeled by authorities as most responsible for executing the Capitol attack on January 6th are filled with federal undercover agents and federal and that can be seen in the uh, dozens of unindicted co-conspirators in the January 6th indictments that came out. And these unindicted co-conspirators have not been charged for the same activities and in some cases more severe activities as those named alongside them in the indictments. And, you know, many people believe that they remain unindicted because they have been granted immunity because they are either federal agents or assets. And, uh, They've also found links between the January 6th Capitol attack and the foiled kidnapping plot by the three percenters against Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. And this plot also included a plan to storm the Michigan State Capitol. And so we see that the same three percenters group accused by the FBI of their involvement in January 6th with the same plan to storm the Capitol building. And then we learn that 60% of the Michigan plot senior leaders were known to the FBI to be informants or undercover operatives. And then this guy here in this picture was the head of the Detroit field office who conducted uh, those infiltrations. And his name is Stephen Dontuano, as you see. And uh, he saw the infiltration operation of the Michigan plot. And as soon as that, you know, was foiled, or I don't know if you remember when that whole story came out, he was uh, promoted, highly coincidentally, to the D.C. office where he is now the lead FBI agent of all January 6th cases, okay? 
So it's a very suspicious so, hey, fact this pattern. Guy, this guy can, uh, <laughs> this guy can pull <laughs> off one of these uh, fake insurrections in Michigan, so he gets promoted to do the exactly the big insurrection. <laughs> wow! Exactly, unbelievable. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. So, Alexandra, you you brought some really interesting things for us to to study and research further. Uh, do you also have these things on your website as well? Yes, I've been publishing about all these things all uh, all the past couple of weeks. And uh, I'm sorry things got a little jumbled today, but there's just so much going on. I wanted to get in this new John here to help stuff for today, and uh, you know, and not talk about yesterday's news or the day before. I wanted to talk about what's happening now and. And, and still talk about all the other stuff that happened. There's just so much stuff happening. It's kind of uh, overwhelming and, uh, and it's amazing. And I hope good things come out of it, you know? Well, you know, you're, you're waking people up and now they can see things from a different perspective. Uh, we're running out of time. Do you want to close with some final thoughts? Well, just, um, you know, as, as disgusting and horrific as everything looks, we can't, I'm not talking about hopium, but we can't lose hope. And that's why I do what I do every single day is to try to expose and, and present in, a, in, a, in an absorbable format the many things that, you know, the many clues that are out there to the, just the immense amount of criminality and, and fraud going on out there. And, and the whole, it's an information war, and we need to uh, combat with the real information. And uh, that's the way to win. There's just so much to go through, to curate, to distill. And uh, luckily we have people like you who do it for us so we don't have to spend so much time researching ourselves. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Um, so we're gonna go to a quick commercial and I'll give you my final thoughts. Gold is near all time highs. Has it reached its peak? Did you miss the boat? No, I don't think so. The exploding debt, change in the interest rate cycle, political and economic turmoil have caused the current move in gold. And those things are getting worse. In fact, Citibank projected gold to hit $3,000 an ounce over the next 12 to 18 months. I encourage you to protect and grow your investment portfolio with gold. I trust Dr. Kirk Elliott with Sovereign Advisors. With over 25 years of experience and two PhDs, Kirk Elliott is the best of the best in the industry. Call his office at 720-605-3900 and tell him Sean Morgan sent you, or just click on the link in the description to get that free consultation. Wow, what an amazing show. Three amazing guests giving us so many red pills of knowledge to wake us up and spread the truth around. You know, we have the first guest who just told us about how he is fighting an amazing legal battle for amazing organizations like America's Frontline Doctors. And he encourages all of us to join that legal battle, support people who are participating. And then, you know, learning from James Grunvig about the false flag happening possibly in Miami and, and finding out more about Fauci. So learning more things from the medical angle. And then Alexander Bruce bringing up so many bombshells as well. We're just waking people up from so many different angles, bringing on experts. That's what it's all about. And every Thursday on James Grunvig and Alexander Bruce. So keep on coming every Thursday. This is Making Sense of the Madness. It's Monday through Thursday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern till 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm the host, Sean Morgan, temporarily, while John Michael Chambers is on a health break. And I hope you check us out again next week on Monday and on Friday. I also have the Sean Morgan Report at 5 p.m. Eastern. So thank you so much. We have the uh, Pete Santilli Show, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.